smell something? Put that cookie down! Hello and welcome to the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Chanster. I'm Shane. And uh, today we've got a very, very special guest for a very special... We always say they're special. I, I feel like... They're always special. All guests are special. They're all equally special. But not special. all special people are guests. It's Cheeky Moon! <laughs> hello. Say, hello. Hi. So uh, you guys can introduce yourself. I'm not going to... Yeah. I'm Claire. I'm Alistair. And together they are... Cheeky Moon. And today we're going to be talking about sketches and sketch comedy and that sort of thing. But before we do that, we start every episode like, I mean, we start this episode like, why did we start with me? We start this episode like every episode and talk about what have you been watching? And uh, oh, there's two guests. Claire, what have you been watching? Um, I've been watching Dynasties Ooh. with my boyfriend. Um, we enjoy Planet Earth and uh all the other ones, Undersea. Oh, dynasty. I thought you meant Dynasty, the show, like oh. the soap. The soap. Um, no, the animal one where they, they focus on like a family of like chimpanzees or lions. And it's just so heart-wrenching. It's really, I don't know why we watch it because we cry every time. It's so intense. What do Is these it? monkeys do? they do a piece of camera and they're like... So it's on a family and they're like surviving out in Africa or Antarctica and... There are like cubs in every family and not everyone makes it. I always wonder how much editorializing goes into the voiceover on like nature documentaries. Like, cause they're like, oh, and he's really looking for that. What if he's just like going to take a piss or something like that? <laughs> and you're just like, they, they, I, I wonder how much editorializing that Richard Attenborough. I feel like does. there's a no, lot David, of drama. David Attenborough. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the one who's not dead. The meddling brother. The not dinosaur one. Got yes. it. Uh, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot of drama in trying to find the right place to piss. Mm. I mean, whoo. Yeah, the, <laughs> cinematography, the cinematography on those is like absolutely fucking stunning. They get the best equipment. The best mm. equipment. I don't know where the, the guys, money comes the from. The guys spend like months, not just days, not just weeks. They spend months waiting to get the great shot on those Well, things. yeah, this series was filmed over four years. Yeah. Jeez. No wonder so many f like monkeys are dying. Because <laughs> they're filming them. Yeah, yeah, that they're shooting them. Uh, so, uh, anything else other than dinosaurs? Um, I don't watch too much TV these days. Um, I've been watching Veep as well, and Veep is great. <gasps> yes, the new season, the new season. Uh, I think I've seen five. I've just finished five. Oh, right. Okay, season seven just started. Okay. It's the final season, and they're gearing up for what I think is going to be a very uh, like apt ending to that show. Very real world. Almost. It just gets better and better. I'm really enjoying it. I mm. love Armando. He's great. Well, Armando's not the showrunner from season four. No, he, he quit he left. after season yeah. four. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Fascinating stuff. Alistair, how about how, how about you? Um, I, I've been very uh, pleasantly, boringly domestic. Uh, my wife is recovering from an operation, so we've been staying at home, just just getting her strength back, and we've been watching a French show called uh, Call My Agent. It's Ooh. on Netflix. I it know that. Netflix. I've been meaning to watch that for a Dispercent while. Dispercent on uh, in in French. Um, it is it is perfectly inoffensive, lightweight, not a lot to dissect. Uh, Which is you know a thing you don't want to do after surgery dissection. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Um, yeah, most of the most of the guest stars are appearing in a in a in an extras kind of uh, Ricky Gervais capacity. They're playing outside right. type. They're playing often unflattering versions of themselves. With only one or two exceptions, you have no idea who these people are <laughs> as an English language viewer. I, I was like, Gerard Depardieu and Jean Reno. Uh, is that, is no Isabelle Huppert in it? Uh, she is eventually. Haven't <gasps> gone to that yet. Yes. Uh, Monica Bellucci has the yeah. cameo. Oh, I know that one. Um, uh, a Juliette Binoche? Yes. Yes. So, oh, so, okay. That's so wait, good. any Gerard Depardieu? Sadly not. Jean Reno? Yes. 
Gerard no. Depardieu no. has like a no, whole Audrey bunch tattoo. of Me Too stuff on him, doesn't he? Does he? Whoa. Don't tell me. Oh, no. no. I was sure he did. I would remember he reading that. He was Obelix from Asterix and Obelix. He was bogus in Bogus. <laughs> he was uh, <laughs> the annoying one from Tétois. I don't know any of these. <laughs> well, I know of Asterix and Obelix, but... Can I, can I say this? This is the first time I've heard of all these movies outside conversations with my French wife. So <laughs> thank you. I, I love you all. I feel I feel home. Welcome to Cinephiles. Yeah. Uh, Chancellor, what have you been watching? Um, so uh, I know you've also seen this, though we saw it at different times. Uh, Shazam. Love it. Yes. Yeah, all that. Uh, the green Shazam is the hot Shazam. Yes. Is, is he the gay one? I Look, uh, so just so you know, in the comics, he is. He is in the comics? Yeah. Well, then, then it has to be because there's, like there's like an offhanded reference and I'm like, is it? Is it or is that just like, am I reading too much into it? I did the same thing because it's literally one line. Yeah. And I was like... They come out of it because the kid, it's kids who turn into superheroes. Uh, they say Shazam and then they turn into like adults. And they like, they teleport at one point into a titty bar and <laughs> they walk out of the titty because there's like these 11 year old and you know, they're like, why did you cover my eyes? Da, da, da. And then one of them turns to the other kid and he's like, oh, what did you think? He goes, oh, it's not my thing. And I'm like, and I was like, I clocked that moment like in a nanosecond. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> and then, and then he turns into a hot green one. Like, <laughs> at the end when they all, Sorry, spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. There's hot green people, okay? <laughs> Thanks, Shane. <laughs> Can I just express my relief? Uh, because for several precious seconds, this is not a bit... I'm not making this <laughs> up. I genuinely thought you were talking about Kazam. <laughs> oh, you mean uh, the... The Shaquille O'Neal Shaquille uh, O'Neal. <laughs> is it called Kazam or is it... What's that thing where everyone uh, remembers so a movie that doesn't Shazam, exist? Kazam, quote unquote, uh, with two A's, is the... Oh, what's that stupid effect that people think that there's alternative the, universes? Um, the Mandela effect. Mandela effect, yeah. So oh. Sh- Shazam is a movie starring... Sinbad. Sinbad that doesn't really exist. College Humor did a really funny sketch. But isn't it just Kazam? Kazam stars... Kazam stars Shaquille O'Neal, who plays a genie coming from a jukebox. He's also a rapping genie, which mm, is But why does fantastic. everyone have memory of this movie that doesn't exist? Mandela Effect, uh, alternate the, universe. The blah, podcast, blah, blah, blah. and I apologise for promoting it out, something outside this network. Those bastards. Uh, important if true got to the bottom of it, potentially. Um, it was a uh, on a certain VHS copy of um, Shazam. There was an ad beforehand for a product, and Sinbad was in there, and he says the word Shazam, and that was the source of the memories getting mixed up. Oh, wow. Wow. See, it's funny how things like that meld. Like, uh, for some bizarre reason, no, I know exactly why, and my whole family experienced this, uh, when we hear Shania Twain, we remember 007 Goldeneye. For some reason, I always thought... She didn't do a Bond song or anything. She didn't. No, it's because my mum loved Shania Twain (laughs) and she played it all the time and we played 007 Goldeneye a lot. So even when I watch the movie, I always expect Shania Twain to be singing, but it doesn't happen. And my whole family has the same thing. You got the Bond and the girl. Like, I can't even imagine like a Shania Twain Bond song. That would be the weirdest thing I want to hear it happen, people. Make it happen. Like a flamenco Bond song. Well, uh, uh, the Eurythmics are the only band that I've ever thought need to make a Bond song. And for some reason, they never did. uh, Because they're broken up now. And my mum saw them without me. And I'm still not bitter about that. Um, But yeah, uh, watch Shazam. It good. Uh, I've also been watching Game of Thrones. So continuing Game of Thrones. Making it up to the the on. Well, you you haven't started watching the final season though, have you? No, no. We're only up to season five now. So we're a few episodes in. So far behind. I'm on season seven, episode one. uh, Sorry, season eight, episode one. One and it's getting there. 
I'm, I'm hot, like, I haven't, like, I haven't, lo- like, I've liked it a lot, but I haven't loved it in a while. I haven't really loved it since season four, uh, to be perfectly frank. But hey. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I just don't love it, which is, you know, but I am and there. It's nearly the end. You've got to stick through, finish it out. We're probably never going to get the fucking books anyway. So I'm just, you know, because <laughs> I, was, I was a big fan of the books. And so, and then they cut off and I'm like, bastards. Well, yeah, my whole experience was... Uh, I watched the first episode of the TV show. It ended in a cliffhanger and I was like, I can't deal with that sort of stress. I'll just read the books. And then I read the first two books and then found out the books weren't finished yet. And I was like, (laughs) so yeah, finally, now that the new season's out, I'm actually watching the show and yeah, it's good. It's getting progressively and progressively more grotesque and, uh, it hasn't. Okay. Wait, no, I do have to ask this Shane because this is a really important question. Do we ever find out about that dude's magic dick? What dude's magic dick? The squire. Bri- uh, Brienne Tuck. No, it's Bri- just a joke that, that uh, Podrick Several fucks. Several characters brought it up. But the and joke I was is, like, I need to know what's up with his dick. The joke is that Podrick fucks. Podrick fucks. Like, but, that's the joke. Like, this guy. This guy fucks. Like, it's, that's the whole thing. It's the unexpected sexual master. I mean, I, I thought it was a joke when they first brought it up. But the fact that two other characters brought it up, I was like, this is an important plot point. No. His dick is going to be on the ga- on the, on the Iron Throne and it will rule the world. It's the comic Westeros. relief between eye gouging and, and, and murdering pregnant women. You're right. It does happen between those two episodes. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, Shane, what have you been watching? No, uh, quite remember. a bit. I watched Us. Oh, great. Which is phenomenal. I watched it twice. Oh. It's so good. You have to see it I, on a cinema. Go and see it on a cinema. Trust me, trust me, trust me. This is this is one you don't want to have missed because it's so good. And what's great is there's a lot of really obvious shit going on. That you're like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. And you get it. Then on a second watch, you like you start digging in and you're like, oh, fuck. There's all these little details that are hidden because a lot of the more obvious sort of what this movie is about, capital A, about is kind of there, but there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on that's just layered in there. It's brilliant. And Lupita Nyong'o, give, just throw mm. the Oscar at her. Just no one gets nominated. She just give it to her. Just like by default. Because like someone's going to come across, maybe potentially someone, someone will achieve maybe like half of what she does in that movie. No one will achieve all of what she did in that fucking movie. But even the whole cast, the whole cast is phenomenal. Mm, um, Elizabeth Banks in that. Oh, not Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> Elizabeth, uh, the, yeah. The, the Scientologist. Way she played Elizabeth Moss. Um, yeah. Elizabeth Moss, the yeah. Scientologist. Uh, let's not forget, she is a Scientologist. Oh, I thought you were saying she was a Scientologist the Handmaid's in the movie. Tale, the main Handmaid's Tale oh, wait, lady. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, sorry. The, the main lady in the Handmaid's Tale is a Scientologist? Yes, yeah. correct. What? Did you yeah. know she was married to Fred Armisen too? What? Oh, yeah, no, no, I did. Yeah. I heard about that. and I'm just, that's. Uh, but does that mean Fred Armisen is no. a Scientologist? No, Wait, are they not, not still married? Because he married not. someone else. He's with someone else. He's with, oh, who is it? And it's really weird. It's someone just, like Taylor Swift or something. No, 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 no. It's like, a, <laughs> it's like a weird comedy actor from like The Good Place or something like yeah. that. And you're like, wait, what? But um, The Good Fight has come back, which is the greatest show ever. Of course. Uh, if you haven't watched this show. So it's the spin-off of The Good Wife, but you don't nec- like The Good Wife is a great show, but you don't necessarily have to have watched it to watch The Good Fight, although The Good Wife is amazing and it was my favorite show up until The Good Fight started. Mm-hmm. But this season, it took me a while to figure out where they're going because they like it's the show that's because it's a legal drama, but it's taking on real world events. Like there's an episode in season two where they get a hold of the P tape, the Trump P tape. And have to debate whether or not to what they do with it, you know that kind of shit. Like it's it's, and they just they're getting very political. Natasha Leone. Natasha Leone, yeah. thank you. Sorry, yeah, 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 the, the actress yeah. from um, 
Russian Doll. Yeah. Uh, That's why I knew about it, because of Russian Doll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this season they did an episode about punching Nazis because there's like a Nazi fight that breaks out and they just went like full Brechtian theatre on in the middle of a TV, a character like turns to camera and does like a monologue bit to it. It's, it's great that the insanity of the show is reflecting the insanity of the world we're in. It's mind-boggling. It's um, some of the smartest writing ever and the performances like Christine Baranski the, the fact that she has not been nominated for an Emmy for this is is a criminal criminal act in in the world of modern uh, I guess like awards for TV that's not really like <laughs> that important but in the world of that it's criminal that she hasn't been nominated for it um, the show Fleabag did yep. season two and it's one of the best things I've ever seen and she finishes it I think she's not going to do more she does like perfect end to that character and it's deeply funny and deeply emotional have you seen it have you guys seen it uh, adored season one that's just one of the best things on television yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah right right and season two you're like how do you how do you top that how do you do it and it goes so personal and what's weird is that a lot of the things that would go like my life doesn't reflect hers at all but there was some shit in that season two that like hit home really really hard it's so good it's so well, well written like i said in the last episode which i assume is when we talk about the uh, episodes we uh, suggested to each other yes is, yeah so in the last episode which we've definitely recorded at this point uh yeah no it like it, in, even in those two episodes it felt so real to me and mm. it's one of those rare times where comedy oh, oh, that's right i forgot i recommended it to you and it's what we to- spoke about in the last episode, Shane. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it honestly well and truly fucked me up. And it's one of those times that comedy really made the drama so much more potent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, now she's writing the Bond movie. So hey. she's rewriting. They're giving, yeah, getting her to do a up. pass on it. And I'm like, okay, I'm there. I was not yeah. there for the new Bond movie. But if she's doing some dialogue parts, because her writing, have you watched Killing Eve? Yeah, I let she's I let a, it go though. Oh no! Yeah. Why? Maybe I should get back to it. It's good. I haven't started season two yet, but I just love her humor. I love her humor. Her humor is so idiosyncratic. But anyway, yes, that's what I've been watching. Excellent. Uh, well, may, uh, I'm terribly sorry. May I please double dip because we talked about the Mandela effect, and I would never forgive myself uh, yes. if I did not go on record um, mentioning the X Files episode on the Mandela effect. Oh, there, there now, is one. Now, oh, they, tell me, there's a Mandela effect about this thing. <laughs> I never watched X Files, so okay. Uh, look. It had a good run and then it outstayed its welcome and it came back, should never have come back. It is hot trash. I um, saw the second <laughs> movie. The I'm so sorry. Yeah, uh, who is it? Um, fucking Billy Connolly. Is that Billy Connolly plays a priest pedophile. Is that well, I Want to Believe? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which also has nothing to do with aliens, so why'd they say that? Look, all five seasons of The X-Files and the first <laughs> and only movie are quite wonderful and self-contained. Anyway, um, by this point, it's clear that Chris Carter actually believes his own bullshit. Oh. With his breathless conspiracy theories, he's forgotten his own mythology. He's repeating himself. It it is, uh, you know, it's just do not bother. But there's one screenwriter, um, Darren Morgan, who's written yeah. these beautiful comic episodes. Uh, it's him and uh, you know Vince Gilligan, who ended up showrunning Breaking Bad. They've just written these beautiful episodes through the show's run. The latest season brought back uh, this one beloved writer. Yeah. To do one episode and it stands alone as a perfect hour-long movie. It's called The Lost Art of Forehead Sweat. I actually just downloaded that one, watched none of the others. Mm. <laughs> um, it makes a case for the X-Files having no place in 2019. 
it wow. actually it actually shits all over the show it belongs to. It talks about how there's no reason for a conspiracy show to exist in a post-Trump world when <laughs> truth itself is just so ridiculously subjective. It's all about the Mandela effect as well. Um, it is it is beautiful. I, uh, so this is one of the the new season episodes. Yes, yes. The Lost Art of Forehead Sweat All by right. Darren when Morgan. When you say forehead, as in forehead. Forehead, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yes, sorry. No, yes. no, that's, no, that's right. I just wanted to clarify. It's not like forehead, F-O-R-R-I-D. And I'm like, what's forehead? Mean? Yeah, I mean, it's so unflattering. <laughs> like torrid or horrid, you know? <laughs> it's so unflattering to Mulder. It's so unflattering to the show's own premise. Um, it is. It, it, it makes a case for the fact that it shouldn't exist at all in the first place. <laughs> and my words are not doing it justice, but it is a thing of I absolute want to check it out beauty. Yeah, do you reckon I need to watch no. all five seasons <laughs> of X-Files? I greatly enjoyed just nine watching seasons. it out of context. No, no, five yeah. seasons. He said five seasons. There are <laughs> only five nine seasons. Nine of them. Um, cool. Well, uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. But sorry for that. I, no, no, yeah. that's great. Well, why don't we get into proper introductions. Cheeky Moon, who are you? What you do? Why are you here? Well, how do you get in here? Ah! <laughs> Well, um, Zane, the producer, saw the code to um, the building. And that's how we got in the door. <laughs> oh, well, <so>. fantastic. <laughs> um, oh, no. So do, the, uh, do, the, do the owners of this building listen to any of these podcasts? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we were invited in and we we're very delighted to be here. Thank you. Um, we've, we go back maybe six years. Six years now, yes. Um, we met at Improv Comedy. and um, Well, really is how so many of us meet. <laughs> And we um we couldn't actually we completely failed to we get any any chemistry at all. No. <laughs> yes. We, and, 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 and no, and I, yeah. No, you f- you first. Again. <laughs> and see. However, uh, it quickly dawned that we shared a lot of the same writing heroes. Uh, we 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 bonded over a copy of uh, Sean McAuliffe's essay collection, Smithereens. Um, a third gentleman in the class, Jeremy, said, hey, guys, we should start writing together. We should start a YouTube channel um, and we should commit to doing this every single week. And uh, then he promptly left for Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> He's intro- like that. Yeah. <laughs> He's, we never saw him without a suit. You know, he always wore a suit, always had hair, just styled so. You saw him jogging once. Was he in a suit? I don't know. I think I, that might have been like some sort of foggy coma. Mm. Sort Mandela effect sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, like we um, we found ourselves in this weird situation of sort of locking ourselves into having a sketch comedy channel, uh, making something each and every week. As luck would have it at the time, we both had very flexible working hours, and we would we would meet and produce something rapidly. In uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we stuck to it. Um, wouldn't wouldn't endorse many of those early twenty fourteen sketches, <laughs> but we got through a year making <laughs> something every week. It was. Uh, a wonderful experience. Um, and we've graduated to like longer form and we're more comfortable on stage. We do um, like an annual sketch show every year. Look out Metro Arts Theatre. Um, it's done really well. We've had an hour of material what, live each year. What's the origin of Cheeky Moon as a name? Um, I oh my God, it's a butt joke. <laughs> <laughs> it has taken me this long to realise it's a butt joke. Is it? Well, cheek moon. Well, it comes from a very innocent and naive place. I, I, um, I was fascinated with the moon, and I used to photograph it every night. And I had a blog called Cheeky Moon, and then it was one of the things that Alistair and I oh. also bonded over. Yeah, the moon. We love the moon. We like the moon. Mm. Um, and then we've we've done a. We have a sketch about. We have a sketch in which my dog, character yeah. realizes that it's another term for a bottom, but it wasn't by design. Ah, oh. hmm. oh. very. It's good. amazing. The best jokes are the accidental jokes. 
Oh my god, I can't believe it. It, it does make it sound very crass, actually. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but but yeah, I think it, it does represent the wholesome innocence that we, we portray. Absolutely. You, yeah. you can't see us, but basically we kind of we look slightly like brother and sister. We both look significantly <laughs> and we younger than we are. Accidentally dressed the same. Yeah, it's very Wait, wait, when you say significantly younger, because I would pitch you guys at maybe early twenties later. We're much older than that. <laughs> Oh, damn. <laughs> Zane, they're giving you a run for your money. <laughs> to be fair, I would say if you guys were characters in The Simpsons, I would assume you were husband and wife because you look very similar. Like the Van Houten. Like the Van yeah. Houten, yeah. You, know, you both have blue hair and glasses. So people blue assume... Blue hair Van and glasses have oh, wait, sorry. Oh, you, oh, sorry. Okay, yep, yep. No. Also, so do they. How do you not see this blue hair in front of me? <sighs> yes, no, we're very old. Um one of, on is, one of us is technically mid-30s. Um, Which one? <laughs> oh, my golly gosh. You have two guesses. <laughs> I'm still, I, I got the last two guesses question <laughs> wrong off air, so I don't want to you know, embarrass myself on you because, you know, I never do that. Anyway, we're both very young at heart, but also old mm. souls. We're like, we're like old souls trapped in – no, we're like young souls trapped in old souls trapped in young bodies. Mm. And people assume we're – yeah, either yeah, we're, we're dating or brother sister or both. That's, like that's for some fun reason, though, people because then get, we get to creep them out. Yeah, people, there's, <laughs> we, there's a weird incestuous brother sister vibe that <laughs> like we, we don't intentionally give off, but uh, we have to constantly yeah remind own lean into you it. Have to that's own that's it. your brand. That's the bit you of that stick. We're kind of sweet. Yeah. Yeah. wholesome, yeah. giddy, but with a yeah slightly with weird incestuous you quality. You can't put it your, with, yeah, you can't quite put dark. your finger on what what's going on there. That's brilliant. I think that does perfectly sum up uh, you two. Uh, so, <laughs> well, well, what is sketch comedy? Why do it? Why watch it? I'm just reading my notes. Okay, Sorry, yeah. guys. I have to clarify something on your notes because you said, what is the difference between a sketch and a skit? Okay. And they yeah. are the same thing. The no, we have very strong opinions Ooh, on this. No, do tell it's us because skit I is more British. literally is more went American. to Wikipedia and was like, oh, there's a difference. And now if you guys have strong opinions, go at but it. Wait, 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 hold up, hold up. Because to me, like Skit House, mm. like like Skit House, it, it, it's like an, a- Wait, Euro- what was the other one? There was Skit House and Sketch something. The oh, the Sketch, sketch Show, show but sketch both show. of those are British. No, sorry, Skit House was Australian. Australian. Oh. So the Sketch Show is British. But Sketch to me is an American term and Skit is oh. a British term. Oh, I would probably say- Or the other way around. Well, one the, of them belongs to the I feel their the definitions Look, of, uh, aren't- Geographically, according to our Lord and Savior Wikipedia.org, uh, and if you want to get serious, en.wikipedia, because I read it in English, uh, it is a sketch is more about an idea and more longer form, whereas a skit is a singular joke, sometimes repeated. I think in the in the Fight etymology, the <laughs> well, uh, look, every time you say skit, somewhere out there, a sketch comedian will die a little inside. <laughs> Um, but really, like they, they, they truly are interchangeable, and it, I think it depends on the the inflection you use. Now, skit sounds a bit incomplete, as you say, Chanstar, a bit a bit shorter form. A bit, a bit like the word shit, doesn't it? And then the, maybe that's why it's a, an offensive. A, yeah. term. <laughs> a skit is a skit is gone down the poop hole. A skit is sounds incomplete, a bit more of a sketch than a finished product. A skit is sketchier <laughs> than a sketch. Um, yeah. I think it's it's the inflection. If someone says to us, for instance, oh, are you still doing those little skits? It's yeah. a, a touch patronising. It's something a well-meaning uncle would say. Now, yeah. no no, no offence to well-meaning uncles. I, I myself am a well-meaning uncle. But uh, 
<laughs> I don't, yeah, Claire, you can probably take over here. Okay. Like we, 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 we just we respond weirdly to the to the word skit, and some people earn, some people use it well because they're aware that what we do involves a lot of effort. But skit can sort of apply something you lazily thought up in an afternoon, which is usually what I do. <laughs> yeah, we might have started that way in the first year when we did a, a sketch every week. It was a little bit more. We had a like an Apple Watch joke and it was like the new Apple Watch and it was like a green apple peel with lots of apple stickers on it on your wrist. Yeah. That was, was a, a singular vine. joke. That's probably more of a skit. But we spent so long, we sp- draft after draft mm. and hours filming and lots of hours editing. Then, yeah, I feel we do more sketches. Mm. And, and some of them are close <laughs> to short films too. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so uh, it's an exploration of like a, um, like a narrative or a, like lots of different angles into an idea. Yeah, and a lot of sketches just in general involve r- r- taking a, a single idea as far as it can possibly go in, in escalating it, in, in, <laughs> in uh, yeah, attacking it from so many different angles within a very short period of self-contained time. Um. In our, in our live shows, like, we'll have an hour of material and it's like a mixtape. We have to, like, mm, determine the order, like, a five-minute sketch, then a four-minute sketch, oh, and then maybe this kind of genre sketch in here. And then we have short ones, which... Um, the palate cleansers. We call them palate cleansers oh, when no, they're no, just no. a singular yeah. joke. Sometimes we're we that allergic term, uh, to the term skit. Oh, no, we <laughs> no, say we sketchlet. Or skitlet. <laughs> <laughs> Just Surely <laughs> it would be easier yeah. to so say skit. I mean, it's one syllable compared to so sketchlet. Our pride. <laughs> so there's one That's bit, fair enough. Yeah. Pride is a there's one bit between thing. long form sketches where uh, the song Dancing in the Moonlight plays and we'll come out in Ted Dance and cut out masks Beautiful. and dance Beautiful. for 10 seconds, the end. That is it. That is a skit. That's a palate cleanser. Yeah. That, that's, a re- that's a real Becca type sort of thing. So I love it. Um <laughs> Uh, so, so we have strong opinions about sketch and skit. Uh, so, wait, uh, Claire, did did you agree with Wikipedia's definition there? Um, yes, I don't think you can be a skit comedian. I think you're a sketch comedian, and I think oh. a skit is a like you could throw out a skit if you're a sketch comedian. But mm. the most part, you're writer. Mm, are, are we sketch comedians or are we just writers? Is oh, it, good point. Is it all sketches are skits, but not all skits are sketches? Correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The funny thing is, I don't think we're no. particularly. Because <laughs> no. no, a skit cannot, can, like, because they I don't guess like the word skit, man. You're really <laughs> offending them. A sketch can have all the things in it that make up a skit, but a skit does not always equate to a sketch. Like, it's like all. So, so okay, it's like all crows are black, but not everything black is a crow. This is the this is the logical progress that we're going here. For example, you can have a sketch that is a singular joke. You can. Correct. Mm. But a singular joke does not always make a sketch. No. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. That's it. So. I'm glad we have definitively decided today what you just said. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so what about, what, what, what's the history of sketches and sketch comedy? I thought, well, isn't the next note, how did you get into sketch comedy? Is it? I don't know. Oh, we kind of covered that though, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. improv improv class. That's where pretty nope. much all... History of sketch comedy. That was the next one right there. Boom, boom. Look at my note. My okay, note says it. fine, fine. Do you want to go back to 1920s vaudeville? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I... My instant thought was vaudeville. Oh, cave paintings. They were the true original who's sketches, Who's on first? Right? Yeah. Yeah, who, who's on first? Is it, who's on first has got to be like the OG sketch, doesn't it? Well, it, it's... I wouldn't say it's the OG, but it's probably created 
the most jokes in that style. No, the OG like, doesn't mean it's the original. The OG means original. It stands for original gangster. So it's the original one that was like. Ah, uh, yes, it is the original gangster. <laughs> My bad. You are correct. It is the OG sketch. Uh, yep. what, what, what do you guys think? Yeah, history, Vaudeville, then Monty Python, then us. That is. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a comprehensive it's a, history. It's a one, two, three yeah. step. Yeah. Instantaneous, instantaneous. Well, there was Vaudeville. Um, but like, cause do you guys, I guess you guys do work within theater as well as mm. taped. What do you refer to your film stuff as? Like, uh, well, you said almost short films. Cause the, the last one was what? Five, five minutes, six minutes. Um, look, uh, the one we did back in January was, uh, I could say a sketch, a short film contained within a skit, but hidden within it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> in that we gotcha. literally changed the cast and crew and, uh, and, and hired a director of photography to do the middle portion in what was ostensibly a throwaway skit. <laughs> right. I need to see this. How we think about things. Tansta, why didn't you send me links? I did. I said, you said, who are Cheeky Moon? I was like, these guys, don't you know? You just sent I, me I, I sent oh, yeah. you the, uh, what, everyone's leaving Brisbane one. What, what's that one called? Uh, so you're thinking of leaving Brisbane. That's the one. Uh, yeah, I sent you that one. Because I was like, this is. I have seen that one. This I, is it, really that, relatable one, to I, like, us. I saw that one like months ago. Wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's because it went around Facebook. I told you, you know the these guys. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. he's just a really offensive person. Who just, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. Skits, so skits, skits, fight. <laughs> oh, God, they're going into seizures. Um, with films, I mean, most short films, most silent short films could qualify as a sketch in one way or another, at least the comedic ones. Mm. You couldn't get a lot of drama in, in you know, because a lot of the early films, they, the reel ran out and they mm. just kind of like stuck the camera in filmed the thing that happened and that's the film. Oh, what's the first one I always think of is the um, the guy with the hose, a guy walks up and steps on the hose and the guy's like, what? And then he looks at him and, and then he steps off the hose and sprays in his face. That's one of the first like comedy sketches yeah. and on Because a lot of vaudeville actors and vaudeville performers then transferred to film because then it was, a, it, was, it was a much easier way to get the product out there than having to do a tour. You film it once and there it is and you can just send the reel all around the country. Introduce Lauren it. Hardy. There was a great, I saw, I, I mentioned it on the, the podcast a while back there's a, a silent film by Georges Méliès who did that A Trip to the Moon and all yeah. that kind of stuff and it's called Post No Bills and it's, there's nothing fanciful about it it's just like a there's like a sign on a wall and it's like don't put any posters up here and so a guy puts a poster up there and then the guy takes it puts another thing up that says seriously you know like it's like it's literally all of like 45 seconds long but that's what a lot of films were they were little because mm. they weren't considered this mass market thing they were like trivial little things that people do whilst they're out at the arcade They'll you go hear that the you're trivial filmmaking is trivial because oh. it would you know it was either they were either to document or to basically as a laugh they were either watching a train pull up to a station and scaring the shit out of a movie full of people or it was hey haha here's a little funny thing okay cool go about your shopping that's 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 what they were they were a little and, and the guys famously the Lumiere brothers considered they're the oh, this won't last yeah so, and then I guess after that, because films got way more. I mean, comedy's always there was this. Uh, little the Goon Show, radio, radio, yep, sketches, huh, yep, yep, radio yeah. is a big one. It's not one I know a lot about. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> Take the floor, Claire. <laughs> Take Go the floor, Claire. Oh, I, Tell I, us all about radio. Oh, I wavelength. Got it, I got Go. it. Okay, the, the Goon Show was a radio show. I want to say in the nineteen fifties and sixties. And it had Peter Sellers and Spike Milligan, and they put on lots of funny voices, and there were other guests and Good old comedians. Peter Sellers. Yeah, hilarious. Um, they still hold up. They really do yeah. still hold up. They're on I mean, YouTube. You can listen to it. It's one of those sketch-less. wonderfully formative things to have your have your tape player 
under the blankets and just you, you're listening to Goon Show episodes and it's never enough to take in in one, in one episode. It, it is so it is so dense. It is so fast. Your constant your mind is two jokes behind the performers. Mm. <laughs> it is it, it it bizarrely for something so quick and disposable. It really rewards repeat listening in a beautiful way. I think mm. the best comedy does. It's a yeah. show like um Thirty Rock, which I've sort of raved about on here. It like there was just a thread that went viral on Twitter. They're saying, "What's your favorite most underrated Thirty Rock joke?" And they're going through, and they're like half of them you don't remember because they just go by so fast, or they like they take a moment to think about. I love stuff like that. That's the best comedy for me is that. And the best comedy is the one that's contained within itself as opposed to, uh, hey, that Trump guy, how terrible is he? Because, you know, in 20 years' time, that's not going to be as relevant as something contained within the situation that's created. And that's why I think sketch comedy tends to hold up because it's usually typically created right in that environment of the short sketch. Like the, the setup and the payoff are all done there. They're not relying on pop culture as heavily as skits do i guess topical stuff is hard mm. <clears throat> it can yes. be very very funny but um it, it doesn't always hold up and yeah, yeah. it doesn't last that, doesn't that, have a long shelf life yeah well uh, now we're talking about ourselves what, what what's our introduction to sketch comedy in a row like we don't know um, to speak at once. i remember <laughs> <laughs> um so I didn't have a bedtime when I was a little girl. I just went to bed when I was tired. Holy and I, crap, you I, are a god. <laughs> I, um, I watched uh, Full Frontal and, uh, yeah. Oh, I, yes, indeedy do, Ginny. So, like, Wait, the, is that Full the Frontal twist, or is that the other one? The twisties. Oh, no. oh, that was fast, fast forward. forward. Yeah, yeah, I watched all those. <clears throat> um, I remember when I was six, turning seven, um, my granddad died and um, my four brothers were looked after <laughs> by my grandma while my parents went away and I was sent to my cousin's. <laughs> wow. We went to bed at 6.30 and it was awful. Um, and I asked my uncle, like, can I stay up and watch fu- uh, no, Full Frontal? And he's like, yeah, I'll tape it for you. Ooh. He did not tape it for me. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I, I was devastated. I, yeah, I, I've always really liked um, – uh, oh, I really like the Australian sketch shows and Eric Banner and things like yeah, that. Yeah, Full Frontal's what give Eric, Eric gave Eric Banner his start. Yeah, and John Johnny Walker. And Sean McAuliffe. And Julia Zamiri was on it for a while and Julia Morris. Julia Morris, yeah, yep. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny how many of our comedic icons like Sean McAuliffe and that came from sketch comedy shows because I didn't realize. That I mean, Chris Lilly. Yeah, I didn't realize Chris Lilly was from uh, the Big Bye. The Big Mr. Bye. G was a character he created for Big Bye. Yeah. Well, in both yeah. cases, they were they were almost making their own shows. They yeah. They, yeah. they stood. They stand so independently of the the stuff around them. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Alistair? Um, I did have a bedtime. Um, <laughs> Claire's and, uh, cool than you. And there were there were six there were six years between us. So you know, when I was in bed at eight thirty, Claire probably would have been a, a three year old. I was watching the NBA. In, yeah. <laughs> the and morning. now we know which one's thirty or mid thirties. Mm. Ah, you gave it away. We have you have baby face. It's okay. Yeah, you really do. <laughs> you literally look. We like We could early be cast 20. in Mad Men. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, so my my first memories of it were going to bed and hearing shows like Fast Forward, The Degeneration, Full Frontal Comedy Company, and just idealising them as, as amazing shows that were for grown-ups. Now, the second I was old enough to stay up past 8.30 and watch, <laughs> say, Full Frontal, it became immediately obvious that it was actually... You know, the the second you're old enough to watch it, it becomes immature for you. But <laughs> but there are people who just transcended that that form beautifully. Yeah. Um, but the other one was uh, Monty Python LPs that my mum had, and uh, yeah. she made a. My mum is so cool. Um, she made a a mixtape uh, for me, 
of uh, various songs and uh, she included some Monty Python sketches in there, such as the argument sketch and the dead parrot sketch. She yes. she paused the tape recording uh, when there were um, certain sweary bits. Occasionally a set up for a joke or a joke itself would be missed. So <laughs> years later to revisit Monty Python and, and hear this missing chunk of dialogue, it's like... Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, like, it, it, it's like finding the, out the, you were adopted. You're like, my whole life is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much my reaction at the time. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was, a, but it, it was just an amazing, loving way to be exposed to such beautiful sketch comedy. Absolutely. Mm. I, although I do feel I would love like to get a romantic sketch comedy uh, mixtape from a lover that would be beautiful. Right. Just, uh, like, so yeah, like a mi- instead of music. Instead yeah, of instead of music, just give him like, a, oh, here you go, here's some Monty Python. Look, it can be a, pl- a gesture of platonic love as well. I mean, we, we are both big proponents of the mixtape as a very sincere thing. <laughs> <laughs> How do you um, feel about Suicide Squad? Because that movie was the worst mixtape I've ever been given. Have no one seen, seen Suicide Squad. Seen. Seen. You guys are the luckiest fuckers alive. <laughs> uh, Chancellor, what about you? See, I honestly. Do not rem- I feel like I don't remember anything from my childhood. Um, I, I do remember, you know, the Australian ones uh, from when I was like uh, 10 onwards, like a sketch house, a skit, uh, skit house. Skit house is not when you were 10. How old was I then? That was like 14, 13, 14. 14 really? Yeah. Jeez, how old am I? Um, but then uh, like the big bite and all that. But Monty Python was like the one that I always had growing up. I don't remember when it started. I don't know when it ended. I just always remember Monty Python being part of my life. Uh, specifically, I remember now for something completely different, which is their movie, which is just all of their sketches. And then it wasn't until I was, I want to say 15 or 16, because that was definitely when I was in high school when I found Kentucky Fried Movie, which was the Zucker Brothers sketch comedy movie which just opened up this whole idea because I thought Monty Python were the only guys who did that. But they just opened up this idea of this was just their best sketches put in movie form. And it was completely ridiculous. And I honestly want to watch it now to see if it holds up today. I don't know if it does. And then, of course, YouTube happened when we were like, what, 18, 17, 16? How old were we? 16. 16? Cool. Uh, And yeah, then YouTube comedy, kind of like Derek comedy and... Britannic, Picnic Face, those sort of guys. Yeah. Or all, all through, ever since. Because are there any TV show, sketch comedy shows, other than Saturday Night Live? Um, I used to go to the video store and get out SNL. Yeah. That Ooh, was when that, I that was, was a, how a, I've there seen are, a teenager. There have been some, but they haven't made their way really here. Yeah. But um, for me, I like I definitely remember Fast Forward. My mum loves Magda Subansky, so I knew all that. And I just distinctly remember one sketch that I saw as a very young kid where it was it was a parody of Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. Yeah. <laughs> but Skippy was like monster. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. The and it, like, it was like it like ate the girl. Like he was like a monstrous carnivore. I, I don't remember the context of the sketch. I've never been able to find it since, but I distinctly remember that one. But um, I'm surprised no one here mentioned Comedy Inc. Because that was like yeah. my most formative one. Because w- was- I'm so sorry. <gasps> I've watched that too, but I was that also was sometimes hilarious. I was sometimes disappointed in it too. I mean, it's like I mean, all, there's no such thing as a consistent sketch comedy because it's so <laughs> it's so like you're either it, it's, you're either making references to things going on, or you're trying like Saturday Night Live is the most inconsistent show you will ever see on yeah. television. It's just by the nature of having to churn that out week after week, and the same thing was with Comedy Inc. But Comedy Inc. had some great 
sketches that I adored. Comedy Inc. was the one I was thinking of. And I really loved um, uh, I, some of the actors. The actress, I cannot remember her name. She's the older woman. She reminds me of Stephanie Weir from America, from Mad TV. But Mad TV was another one. Yeah, if you I stayed up you late TV, enough, yeah. you, you were privileged yeah. to see Mad TV. And you, that was the, my first exposure to like characters, like making characters that then went mm. into different situations, like Dot and... Um, can, can I just ask quickly? Yes. Sorry. Um, uh, how close was that in, to the spirit of Mad Magazine? As a child who grew up formatively on Mad Magazine. Nothing like Mad yeah. Magazine. Because yeah. I read Mad Magazine and I didn't get it as a kid. I didn't get it. But I got the sketches on Mad TV. I just think it was brand naming. Um, but Because it was literally just a sketch show and it was the main competitor for SNL. Um, but they were all... There were live sketches and tape sketches, but they were all worked on a bit better. And I don't think the show was presented live, like, like broadcast live, sorry, like yeah. SNL is. Um, Comedy Inc. And then from Comedy Inc. there was... the. British The Sketch Show that we mentioned before and Skit House in Australia, The Big Bite. Yeah. And there was one other one, I think. I can't, I think it was another British one that Lee Mack was in two of them. Lee Mack yeah, was in Lee The Mac Sketch Show in... and then he was in... Um, oh, I can't remember. I can't either. But I loved The Sketch Show. I quite loved The Sketch Show quite a lot. Uh, that was my sort of, I think, Big Bite, Mad TV. Yeah, those are, those are ones of my, my formative cool. sketch comedy things. No, cool. I, I just remembered Key and Peele was probably the last... TV show sketch show that I can think of. Uh, y- yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that was that only finished a couple of years ago, right? Mm, I mean, they tried to reboot Mad TV on the CW, and it was wait awful. on the C. Why the CW? The CW bought a bunch of stuff, so the CW did whose line is it anyway. The CW because they were like, oh, our this weird kind of variety show format is working for us alongside thirty year olds playing high schoolers and. And they tried, they did Whose Line and Whose Line was, their, their run mm. of Whose Line is quite successful ratings wise. And they've done, they did Penn and Teller Full Us, so this sort of live variety show. And they tried to reboot Mad TV and it lasted like one season. It was really, it was so cheap. That was their problem is that it was clearly no money behind it at all whatsoever. And so it was just, it was painful. It was really painful to watch. Uh, <laughs> I was like, "What's the next note?" The next one is I want to talk about movie forty three. Uh, Zoom. No one, no one has seen movie forty three except me and Shane. With how, how far did you get into it, Alistair? I got as far as the first scene. I, I got through the first. Uh, it's the first skitch. one. The, is the first one the balls on the yeah, chin? Balls, balls yeah. on yeah. Hugh Jackman's chin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have Anton Yelchin or the or Dennis Quaid? Uh, Dennis Quaid. Okay, cool, mm. cool. Yes. Well, I, I don't know, because, like, the guys from Second Take all were talking about the Anton Yelchin one, and I was like, what? Um, but, well, what about those movie compilation ones, like Kentucky Fried Movie, like uh, Now for Something Completely Different, and I would also argue The Meaning of Life. Uh, h- how do we think those work? Is there anything there? I do there? not like them. I mean, a Holy, a Holy Grail is arguably a sketch compilation. It is the exact sum of its parts. But, it, it's, but unlike um, The Meaning of Life, it mm. is... Like there is a continuous story, story told yeah. from beginning to end. It's an absurdist story with a weird ending, <laughs> which I think at the time I watched it, I hated the ending. Now I get it and it's genius. But at the time I was a kid when I watched it. But see, that's a very continuous thing. There's all these jokes that come into it, but that's more like Quite that, right, that fits more into a parody concept rather than a sketch movie that is literally an antholo- anthological uh, series like of sketches that are unrelated with no beginning and no end to to the the experience as a whole. It's just a lineup of... It's like if you sat there binging sketch after sketch mm. for two hours. That's the movie. Because that's mm. what 
now now for some now for something completely different. I boys, have not seen that. There was no connective tissue or anything. It was just every now and then John Cleese would be doing something weird and be like, and now for something completely different. Um, it, it, whereas Actually, full, full, full disclosure, full disclosure, I have to admit I have yet to see the dead parrot sketch. That is the really. I know, I know. It's really terrible of me. I've yet to see it. I've yet. To see have it. you at least seen the argument sketch? Because I would argue. I hey. may have. <laughs> I may have. This is my my memory for it doesn't serve me. I remember seeing some of the sketches from that. I definitely don't remember anything about a dead parrot. I honestly feel like we watched the argument sketch cl- in class at uni. I don't know what class, but it sounds like it was a great. They showed us what's on who's on first in uni to try and explain to people, and people weren't getting it. I'm like, it's fucking hilarious. This thing is genius. It holds up because. Have you guys ever written a who's on first joke? Because like it's it's such. I think we're missing some context here. You don't know who's on first. Uh, Laurel and Hardy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it's who's on first? Who's on first? It goes I don't know. Back and forth. Yeah. Who's on, no, 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 yeah. Who's, who's on first? Oh. I don't. I don't know. No, no who's on second? Uh, uh, so, so the people on the bases. I love explaining jokes. Name. Who <laughs> them. Is it? No, is it? Yeah, uh, the best thing for comedy is explanation. So who is on first? I don't know. Is on second. On third is. Um, who's on first? Uh, I don't know. Is on second. Um, Someone, someone's in the field as well, but pretty much all of their names sound like no, questions. The, yeah. And the guy is asking the questions and he's like, no, he's he's an outfield. And he's like, what? No, what's on third? And so what? On it's and what's so- on third. Who's on first? I don't know what's on third. What's on third? Yeah. And there's like this repeated joke because the other one doesn't get, he's saying, who's on first? I don't know. No, he's on second. What? <laughs> no, he's on third. Uh, who? Rush hour no, three who's on first? had a similar joke. Where it was like, uh, who are you? And he goes, you. And he's like, no, I mean. He's like, no, he's me. And they go through all that. And the guy's, uh, no, it's like, what are you blind? Is like, uh, no, what are you deaf? And goes, no, you is blind. He's like, I'm not blind. Uh, so it, it, it's a very formulaic joke, but I feel like it always works. And every generation ends up having like that iconic joke. Because the amount of people I see sharing that Rush Hour one, they're like, this is comedy. This is so original. And I'm like, well, no, it's just who's on first with a new... Brett Ratner Pink. is trash. Let's just remember that Brett Ratner, uh, Brett Ratner is did cha- Rush Hour 3. He did all he did of all the Rush them, right? Hours. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Brett Ratner's trash. He also sexually harassed a ton of women. Yeah. Hmm. Moving so, on. Sorry, moving <laughs> on, yes. We always seem to go to that. <laughs> you can't, you can't work in film. we didn't bring up uh, Woody... Woody Alan. Alan, yeah. Mm. I always said Har- Harrelson. What's your next? He's no. great. Uh, what is my next? Movie the future of sketch comedy. Whoa, where is it going? Because I feel like once you feel YouTube like we're already happen, there, yeah, yeah we're, we are the future. Well, cheeky moon, we're, we're just kind of. Well, it's funny. I think, I think we came in uh, quite late in the game for that because people had already come and gone. Um, yeah, Brad Tannock yeah, had its fame. Right. Derek Comedy was way distant. Yeah, uh, picnic face. Brad Tannock is still going, but they got jobs at SNL, so they kind yeah. of went off. <laughs> we're past the time when you can just put a sketch on YouTube and expect it to get an immediate audience. Mm. Um, yeah, so. Um, and, and a lot of the stuff we find new and exciting now is stuff from the 90s and early 2000s. Like, uh, um, th- um, correct me if I'm wrong, Claire, but uh, I mean, we tend to obsess over the Armando Iannucci shows from the early 2000s. That's shows, plural. His there's original the day-to-day, day, there's, oh, what's the one about the future? The fu- uh, oh, uh, Time Trumpet. Time Trumpet, yeah. that's it. Yeah, yes, um, yes. But Mr. Show as well from the 90s uh, feels so oh, new and exciting through its just sheer use of transitioning and connective tissue where where the transitions are funnier than the sketches themselves. Oh, wow. um, it is It is something that is beautiful and experimental to this day. 
Um, we've both been revisiting a lot of uh, a bit of Fry and Laurie lately. So, oh, great. So, uh, as for the future, um, we keep going back. Yeah, the future is the past and the past. So but but the there are a is lot of trash. <laughs> And we should just look back. But you look at Auntie Donna, who have exploded in the last, what, five or six years. Yeah. Um, And there are lots of Brisbane sketch comedy groups too. So it's still a form, Collective Noun. They did really well with their um, G20 summit. Wasn't that hilarious? Um, Good Time Boys and... Others. <laughs> cheeky Moon. That cheeky, That's when cheeky moon go, what is your opinion on those guys? Are yeah. they uh look um uh which guys? Uh, oh Cheeky Moon. They look kinda I young. Are they quite, dating or something? Oh, I think or? they're brother and sister. I think they're both. It's, it really creeps me out. I can't put my finger on why. Uh, um, I love the yes anding going on. We usually get guests and we throw a joke that way and it doesn't it doesn't follow through. <laughs> See, if we had guests on our improv one, we would have got a lot of that, but yeah. We didn't because we're terrible. I mean, we decided to do an improv episode like 40 minutes before doing the episode. It was a genius move on my part. You're welcome. It's also so you improvised the idea. We yeah. improvised an episode talking about improvisation in film and, and, yeah. and TV. Because uh, we had time and we didn't have an episode prepared. <laughs> um, I mean, we thought of it and we're geniuses, so we improvised it's our, an it's episode. It's very much our roughest episode today. But uh, looking at what actually um, what actually uh, you know gets shared now online, mm. uh, and obviously that is the metric for success in sketch comedy today, um, it's, it's either the, the super high energy absurdist stuff like Auntie Donna um, yep. and, and Cracker Milk, another Brisbane group who have really exploded lately. Just short, punchy, extraordinarily um, caffeinated, sugar high, beautiful <laughs> explosion of energy. Um, and then it's then it's really topical stuff like what uh, the Freud. Feed. Yeah, oh, the, what, the, the, but yeah, feed? yeah. What Freudian Nip are doing for um, the feed on SBS? Yeah. Um, just eminently shareable, but topical, limited shelf life stuff. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, cool. there's that guy, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy J. Sammy J. J. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, really good. Mark right? Humphreys is doing beautiful stuff. Um, Wait, Sammy J. Left Randy. What? When did that happen? What? Sammy J. And Randy, right? That Sammy J. I don't know. Uh, playground politics. Is yeah, that yeah, what you're yeah. talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sammy J left Randy? When did I, that happen? I would assume so. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Randy's a little... He's a puppet. Pur- purple puppet. Oh, okay. I feel like he, they're not left. He might have <laughs> just like Retired stepped out the joke. or... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that Randy uh, did end up having his own stand-up special, but I didn't end up seeing that. But oh. those were the guys that I saw live and then I accidentally yelled something out and the audience realised no one was going along with me, changed the octave of my voice to sound like someone else and everyone knew it was me. And then they improvised a song around what I had said, <laughs> saying that I was God in the... Because they asked, oh. oh yeah, how are you guys doing up there or something like that. And I went to say, yeah, no one else went. So I went, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then they <laughs> improvised the whole song about how God was in the audience and he said yes. <laughs> oh it was very God. impressive. That's uh, amazing. But yeah, every every comedian I knew was like, was that you upstairs? And I was like, shut up. It was probably the fact that I said yes so you could hear the... <laughs> You're not that lispy. No, I wouldn't say that either. Thanks, guys. You're too kind. I only bring it up so people can be like, you don't sound that stupid. And then I feel nice about myself. So why don't we talk about our top fives, yeah? Top fives. And yeah. this, uh, I, I thought this one would be hard, but it's not. No, this, this one was I'm worried you one. guys are going to judge me severely for my top five. I, I, I am honestly so glad that uh, talking to you guys bef- beforehand, I'm like, oh no, I don't think they will judge me on mine. Because uh, I know that we like a few of the same sketches. Derek comedy. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about our top five. And this week's top five, we're going to be talking about our top five sketches 
overall, whether it was from a TV show, from a movie, from online, just a single sketch, what are our top five? So uh, I'm going to start with Alistair this time. Okay. Um, Wait, Alistair or Alistair? Either or. Either or. Either or. Okay. See, there's an IR at the end, isn't there? Isn't there? AIR, yes. Yeah. yeah. So it, it can be always... stare or stir. It's, I'm, I'm genuinely not fussed. Okay. I think I'd just be a terrible person if I was oh, very particular. I'd just be correcting people all just the time. Just don't call him Al. He doesn't repair cars or I- anything. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, Al's fine if you don't introduce me as Al. I oh, can't. I'm, g- yeah. well, I'm going to introduce this you is on Allie. the yeah. last Allie? episode because this is in the future. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, Al. Um, you, you can call me Al. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, so uh, what's your top five sketches? Okay, uh, Claire and I have established that we're probably going to overlap a lot here. <laughs> um, so we've each prepared excesses for in, in the event of overflow. So just to clarify, even your top fives are slightly incestuous. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe dating, we're not sure. <laughs> they could be related. Um, so uh, one one I can safely say I think about most days is uh, from Peter Serafinowicz. It's the Butterfield Diet. Okay, I haven't seen that one. This um, this uh, very rotund, uh, unflattering looking man. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a he's a failed businessman. Just has terrible ideas. Presents them as infomercials. Yeah, 80s stock music um, with the synthesizer, talking about his diet plan, and there's no way to do it justice by talking about it. I do not want to fall into that I track, think but that's the Butterfield what is diet. going to be the best part about this top five. It is us explaining jokes. Yeah, <laughs> cannot it's wait. funny because, uh, yeah, but but there is so much to it. Just the set design, um, just the throwaway the editing, props using. Yes. And even the wipes, like the, the star, or not star wipes, but just the way it's cut together. If, if you feel that hyper-specificity is uh, an avenue for good comedy, then welcome I, home. I definitely do. I'm in. It is a string of hyper-specific uh, food items. Um, look, yeah, the Butterfield diet. It is a thing of um, – it is transcendent. It is beautiful. I've used those words a lot this podcast, but uh, it is both those things. Um, next we have um, – Mitchell and Webb, uh, they yep. did a series of sketches on uh, a shadowy... Oh, I can see Claire um, <laughs> <laughs> on side crossing things off her list. Um, so let's share this one. The, um, I, I might have others I can yeah. call on. You go the, ahead. It's the, a panel of uh, shadowy conspirators uh, talking about faking the moon landing or faking Princess Diana's uh, death. And... Just, just in doing so, exposing how ludicrous it is that the moon landing could be faked, and how it's far more practical and inexpensive to actually send someone to the moon. But, to, but basically, setting Does up a world. Does the sketch have a name? I think it's just called conspiracy um, or moon landing. I like the Lady Die one best. It's mm. just um, David Mitchell has so many great lines, and it's just like David ver- Mitchell verbal, is brilliant. Oh, it's just like a sandwich. It's so it's so delicious what he does. It's hilarious. So I, I don't have any Mitchell and Webb on mine, but I will say that my favorite Mitchell and Webb is when they talk about the Bible, and it's them. It's uh, David Mitchell pitching it to Robert Webb as a book series, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh no, the second one comes along. We we bring in a whole new character. Whole new character wipes out all. <laughs> now the first book doesn't even matter because this new character's in, and we're gonna kill him." Halfway through, but then he's back. Uh, it, it's a really great, uh, you know, breakdown of how dumb it all is. Yeah, it sounds very much cut from the same cloth of delivering something absurdly silly with a straight face and yeah. setting up an, a little internal world in which ridiculous things make perfect sense. Have you mm. seen the uh, gram- grammar Nazi one? 
Where yes, that one. Uh, the yeah, Pacific and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another great Mitch and Webb one. Um, there is a uh, look only a, only a very recent find, but probably very old news to the rest of you. Um, Claire and I have often revisited it. It's called. Um, it's by Derek Comedy. It's called Jerry, uh, and it's or Jerry poops his pants. Um, I think I've seen this one. It oh, is really. Oh, I, I, I thought you, you showed it. Yeah, to no, me. I definitely. Oh no, of course. It's the one in the classroom. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's Donald Glover, pre-fame, just I mean, selling a very crass, very lowbrow, honestly, in on paper, not very funny concept through sheer performance, through sheer overreaction. Just he he poops his pants in class. It's very low production value. You can hear the same reused sound bites. Yep. You can see that the teacher is clearly in his early twenties and younger than the, the other children. Um, but his, his sobbing, screaming overreaction, that character goes on an amazing journey of self-denial and lunacy. And it is just so, it is so much better than it has any right to be. You can instantly see why, why um, the 30 Rock Writers Room saw that and thought this this kid has something. Yeah. Um, you can absolutely see why he, you know, he propelled to fame. I feel like that was the sketch that made Donald Glover. Yeah. Because, uh, do, do, and don't get me wrong, Donald Glover is fucking fantastic in all of Derek Comedy's sketches, but performance-wise, that is his best. Has either, have, have either of you, that's a tongue twister, watched Atlanta? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That shows, like, something else entirely. Just uh, reached the uh, Justin Bieber episode where they make no reference to the fact that yeah. Bieber is a black kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God, I bet so you have Oh, so you haven't watched the Roundtable episode? No, sadly. It's, I think it's literally the next one from that one. It's incredible. It's the, Yeah, I'm not going to spoil <laughs> anything for you. I, I will say uh, one of the best things about Donald Glover being in Community was the fact that they De- Derek Comedy is in Community uh, as in all the other guys play a sketch group from the community college who are in there. And oh, it's wow. very clearly they're meant to be their comedy. Have you watched? <laughs> wow. they, okay. they did a movie, a feature film called Mystery Team. Which I still it? haven't seen. Hmm. Have you got Amazon Prime? Yeah. yeah. It's on there. They just dropped it like a couple of weeks ago. It's oh, just cool. Mystery, it Mystery Team. It's like a it's like a Scooby-Doo-esque take on like a, or like a, more like a Hardy Boys, uh, the, you know, those Eden Blyton, the, yeah. the famous seven, whatever, you know, the, the kids that walk around solving a crime and it's like that, but then it's like that kind of wholesome attitude intersects with reality. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's quite a clever movie, but it takes like a moment for you to get it. But anyway, uh, how, how long have you, has it been since you, uh, I mean, when did you guys first watch Derek comedy? Like last month, last I think. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Last year. Because for about six to seven years, all of their thumbnails changed to the mystery team, uh, mystery team poster, and you did not know what sketch it was if you didn't <laughs> know the title because they were all just mystery team. It, it was only recently that they changed it back oh, wow. to the actual thumbnails. It had a, it was a big problem for me three years ago. Mm. Anyway, got a lot of catching up to do, and that's a that's a very heartwarming uh, feeling to have. Um, I had another one from uh, the Armando Iannucci shows. So, so yeah, this was this was um, this was pre thick of it, uh, pre most of Armando's um, you know big claims to fame. Now, it was just a sketch show that had a really a really charming personal monologue vibe. Um, the connective tissue between sketches was something really special. Um, they had a real that was thematically linked. There was a real through line. They end on such a sweet note, but there's one sketch that just stands so well on its own. 
and can be viewed outside its context. It's about a priest mm. who, um, a new priest at a church, and he's just a bit, you know, a handsome middle-aged guy. He's a bit dashing, makes everyone Plays laugh. Plays guitar. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone in the clergy just falls in love with him. And we hear their inner monologues as they're just sort of admiring him. <laughs> <laughs> and then they meet him afterwards and... They all go for a drink. Yeah, but it's like the whole crowd as a single unit is sort of going on this date, what turns into a date and a sexual liaison with the the priest. And, you know, there's, there's this room full of, you know, 30 people <laughs> and they're having breakfast the next day. And you can just see, deconstructing it, the the initial idea, you can see the second round of writing, you can see where they dis- they realise that having inner monologues and running gags that come from those monologues, how that adds an extra level. It is wonderfully layered. It is it is just a, a perfectly crafted piece of really bizarre, not at all obvious, and very heartwarming sketch comedy. And and, and the heartwarming, I think, is something that as Cheeky Moon we tend to gravitate towards a lot. Yep. Um, because we tend not to we tend not to like look at what's uh, what's trending and what's what's working and what's getting shares. We just try to make ourselves laugh and we try to have something that, that we can look back on proudly a few years from now. And, and what really seems to clinch it is, is finding a surprisingly touching angle. And that is just the gold standard for something that is just really quite sweet and human. Cool. Um, well said. There's yeah. a character in that sketch, this older woman, and her inner monologue is just – Armando, and I don't know if he collaborated with people on that, but he, they must have asked themselves questions like, oh, you just have to watch the sketch. It's like the priest Armando Iannucci shows. Watch it on YouTube. And it's just, I don't know how they wrote it. And it's so... We'll put a link be- to it in the show so notes. It's so beautiful. Please do. If, if nothing else, just that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that That is the gold standard to which we aspire. Um, and look, I'm going to throw a curveball um, for the last one. And uh, say the opening scene to Twin Peaks Season 2, Episode 1. <laughs> Now, a and bit this is also on your top <laughs> ten films list, as it was like every other critic. Wasn't I am, it? I am one of those insufferable people who says that Twin Peaks season three was one of the best movies of that year. It's, <laughs> yeah, it, I, I'm so sorry. Um, it's, it's. I've tried to watch that show so many times, and I cannot get past the pilot. I've watched, I've sat and watched that pilot four times. Really, I, I, I watched the pilot. Cannot with. get through it. I watched it with Tim Burns, and watching it with Tim Burns was amazing. Hi, Tim. We Hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. Oh, always loved Tim. Uh, but yeah, I just haven't watched it at all, and he lent it to me. I'm pretty sure I still have his copies on DVD. I feel like I just need Tim stand, so. to watch it. Yeah, look, just can't can't begrudge someone for not clicking with it. Um, I've also, yeah. never been a big David Lynch fan, except for his weird experimental film. The Along Alphabet? The oh. No, no, there's one called The Alphabet and one called Six Men. Actually, his first one's called Six Men Getting Sick Six Times. And <laughs> it's a really I – d- I can't explain what's good about it because it's literally like just this looped animation, essentially, these heads throwing up into buckets and then the throw-up goes back up and then they throw it up again six times and then that's the end of the movie. But I just find it fascinating. Like, to me, th- those were like the only two things that I really gravitated towards and everything else I've just been like, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, but whether this stands as a standalone sketch, it's it's arguable because it's it's all within the context. Because um, you know, all of America is is keen to find out who killed Laura Palmer. They're still under the impression this is a traditional mystery show. Um, Foolish. Season one ends with uh, you know the lead character you know on the receiving end of a gunshot. Mm. We open up next. People feel they're on the verge of solving this mystery. They need to know who killed Laura Palmer. They need to know whether Dale Cooper lives or dies. 
we're seeing Agent Cooper bleeding in his hotel room on the ground. And what follows is essentially a a five to ten minute sketch. It feels a lot longer, but it is a comedy bit. It has a bit where he's, he's, he's talking to Diane on, on his tape recorder. He's reflecting on his life and his regrets. It's quite touching. And uh, in comes this senile old uh, hotel um, porter who um, sees him bleeding on the ground and doesn't register that he's in mortal peril and delivers his milk uh. and walks away and then gets him to sign the check. <laughs> and the man bleeding is too polite and nice to, to, to ask for help. And it just and then he keeps walking back into the room and giving a thumbs up. <laughs> and then he walks out. Mm-hmm. And then he walks back in again and gives another thumbs up. <laughs> to which the dying man feebly raises his thumb. Now I, I, I revisit it routinely because there's just so much to it on the spectrum of dramatic to comedic. I think it stands on its own, but in the context of deliberately frustrating people and deliberately <laughs> not answering their questions, um, there's something I just I'm really drawn to about that. In the same way that um, I and indeed both of us are drawn to Sean McAuliffe for constantly breaking out of the format, for sneakily changing genres, for working drama in when you're expecting comedy and vice versa. Um, th- there's just something. There's something about that that I think about every single day of my life, and uh, I, I, I will. I filled many pages of my notebooks trying to deconstruct why that works, <laughs> and why it doesn't work for others. And I feel like cracking that would be the holy grail of, of comedy. That's oh good. wow, that's the key. Uh, what about you, Claire? How many? Do you still five? have five, five left? Um, so I've crossed off a few. Um, I have some some others. Uh, so I've got I've got Bob and David. Did you guys watch Mister Show ever? No. no so this was this is pre two thousand. Um, yeah, David Cross and Bob Odenkirk, and they had. Oh, yeah. okay. I have seen it then. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um. So they had I think maybe three seasons. Four. Four, and they, well, like, they actually had a show two years ago. So these guys made a brand new show with I want to say with Bob and David. Yeah, with Bob and David on Netflix. Yeah, and I was going to say there was, the new show is on Netflix, right? And I'm pretty sure the old one I probably saw through Tim I Burns liked again. the new show and I wondered, did, did you like oh, the yeah, new show? Oh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was essentially a new season of Mr. Show with all the appeal of it. Yeah, totally. Which is the, the weird connective tissue. Mine's, um, oh, there are like, I'll mention these two because Alistair like ticked off Mitchell and Webb and Peter Serafinovich. So um, two sketches. One is an audition where <laughs> uh, David Cross comes into audition and his, oh, it's, oh, his first few lines are, you don't know whether he started the scene and you don't know when he ends the scene because his piece for the audition is an audition. And, <laughs> and he keeps getting frustrated when he's cut off too early. And um, it has star burns from Community because right, he was yep. an exec producer on, on Bob and David. Um Oh, and there's another one which is fantastic. It's a pre-taped. Yes, it's we a, had the same two. Okay, it's a pre-taped call-in show. So <laughs> David Cross is like, it opens and he's he's um, down to the last few strands of hair and he's uh, like, it's on the elderly and people keep calling in about pets and he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> If you want to call about pets, you should have called two weeks ago when we were taping the show on racism, <laughs> and it's it like it's like the <laughs> cyclical nature. 
and he pulls in a TV to show you him pulling in a TV to show you him pulling in a TV <laughs> of all the weeks where he's freaking out. And he's like, no, look, see, it was on last week. And, it's and each just, time you go back, he, he has, has more hair. hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's so genius. good. It's just David such a Cross simple is joke. an amazing performer. Oh. I love meta jokes that then take like because there's like being meta and then there's being meta within meta within meta like that i that's the kind of stuff they I, do I so adore. much of that adore on mr, mr. show so okay it's i'm putting that on my list and the interstitials are so funny too yeah like you'll and have it made a us question like our our like how we make things like now. the movie like the movie have you seen the movie adaptation we talked about mm. it yeah it like that to me is like the, when the, the penny kind of, drops it's yeah but the genius of like the, the the behind the scenes of making that movie then be, like bleed into the, the the content itself it's really it's really something extraordinary this um so let's say all right let's call that number one <laughs> um, I've also got Britannic. Um, it was hard to pick. I, have I really like as well. Morning routine. <laughs> okay, no, but that's I really enjoy that one. Um, just like Nick waking up Brian to go to work, and Brian keeps saying, "Oh, another minute." It's, it's like all the jokes about why he's not awake. <laughs> yeah, he's got, he's got like magazine eyes taped on his face <laughs> to show he's awake. Or the recording of him like yeah. getting ready, and just... it's got a great payoff too. I won't spoil yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, quick mention to the one where he travels back in time, Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because he had a faux pas, he got someone's name wrong. That escalates <laughs> so beautifully. That, that's one of my favorite sketches for escalation. Yeah, because it's just boom, boom, boom. And their production values are so yeah. good too. Yeah. yeah, I love. Um, it, well, this won't be on my list, but the 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 foul, the foul line. Just the, the the basketball one where it's like oh. and they do these really yeah. cinematically. It's a really cinematic yeah. sketch is. with these like in camera lighting changes. I actually adore their. So have you seen Eagles are turning people into horses? That's the movie? genius. That's yeah. their grad film. I wish I could oh, have made truly. a grad film because they went to Tisch School of the Arts and that was their grad film. And I wish I could have made a grad film like that because yeah. it's wonderful. That's it's not really a sketch though. I feel like that's yeah, a, that that's is, a short film. That is a short. That's an film. absurdist short film. To but me. that was like my biggest inspiration. Because you you showed it to me, telling me this was their grad film, and I was like, I can do anything. <laughs> and granted, I didn't go that far, but no, still. not quite, not wildly quite. talented dudes. Oh, absolutely! Everything they do I is really rewatchable. Nick's, Nick's brother is the creator of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's Mac from Always Sunny, and, oh, and so it was what? nepotism, not Are just you talent. Sure? Not Nick. Sorry, Brian, Brian McElhenney. The, the, not Nick. So you're thinking of that guy from that '70s show? No, 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 no. That so, '80s show. So Brian McElhenney is. Um, uh, what's his name? Something McElhaney. Mac from Always Sunny is Brian's brother. Brian actually, Brian, and I think Nick as well, or just Brian wrote on Always Sunny periodically for bits and pieces really? when they oh, needed extra writers to come in to help boost the writers' okay. room. I knew yeah. that part. Yeah, McElhaney. They've got the same surname. I had no idea. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay, look, we, cool. we we always aspire to their career path because yeah. our, our dream is to end up in a writer's room somewhere. We're not right. actually married to sketch comedy in general. <laughs> it's a means to an end of doing fun things, exploring great ideas, working with as many cool people content. as possible. Uh, yeah, and consistently. And we've been doing it for six years. And But, you know, we want to do long-form stuff. We want to be in a writer's room. We want to be somewhere at the ABC eating ramen late at night trying to – trying to crack a story with, <laughs> with a bunch of other writers. That's um, the, dream. the dream. And that's what they, <laughs> they have accomplished. Um, so it's actually a bit comforting to know there's a bit of nepotism that involved in getting there, <laughs> not just their raw and very real talent. <laughs> uh, chance, oh, is, is that all your... No, I've got, I've oh, named sorry, sorry, four, yeah. but yeah. I've also got like an SNL digital short, but I think I've named four already. I've got Monty Python there, but I'll just mention Fry and Laurie. 
Um, there's this one, and it's about language. I don't think it's got a real name to it. Oh, the monologue that Stephen Fry does? It's, yeah, it's a yeah. monologue, and um, Hugh Laurie keeps uh, breaking the fourth wall to sort of explain what's going on, and it's just so charming. It's like poetry, and it's highly intellectual, but it's also extremely silly because he says things like capable. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's totally, it's something makes me feel aspirational the, Br- still. the British made it an art form, didn't they? They yeah. really did. Yeah, it's the peak so. of Stephen Fry as a linguist, yes. just putting all his accumulated knowledge up to that point um, in his then disgustingly young life. Um, <laughs> just, just yeah, he, his, his linguistic skills just flourishing and all just condensed into just a couple of minutes of speech. But Hugh Laurie also, he could be overshadowed, but he is not. He makes Mm. his little Mm. contribution just like a punctuation mark. It's just fantastic. I think it's like language and Mm. Fry and Laurie. Laurie. Go find it. Currently reading the complete scripts of Fry and Laurie, and you can just, when you read it, you can hear their voices. It's, It's all in the writing. And it's people who identify first and foremost as writers yeah. Um, it's it's so inspirational. Cool. That's awesome. the five. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, or do you uh, want to go for me? No, I'll, I'll go for uh, mine. And you're gonna have to. You're gonna leave the like the crassest, most like well, lowbrow ones to the end. Now, well, my <laughs> first one is uh, whitest guys you know. I was gonna go. Wait, for the what Hitler one rap. are you doing of the whitest guys you okay, know? I'm gonna go for the Hitler rap then because I'm okay, pretty good. sure we're gonna have the same one. Yeah, we're gonna. And have I the don't want to say what it is. Cute. So yeah, <laughs> the Hitler's rap. Uh, it's just a musical bit of Hitler being a rapper, and that's it. It's very funny. Uh, there was another one, but Shane has it now. I really wanted to include something from Cracked.com because I love Cracked so much. But a lot of Cracked stuff were seri- serialized breakdowns of pop culture. The only sketches they really did were that I recall were the Honest Commercials, which were it was this old guy who just does honest commercials about a specific thing. So he did uh, student loans. He did. Uh, mobile phones and and it's just breaking down how stupid they all are and and there are some like the pharmaceuticals because we don't have pharmaceutical ads in australia that whole concept is so bizarre to me (laughs) but in america they're like oh you're feeling bad have some freaking drugs (laughs) yeah they ask your doctor to prescribe them um have has anyone on this table ever seen any of happy harry stuff no no. So he's a YouTuber animator. So all of his sketches are animation. So they only come around like twice a year. Um, there are a lot of really good ones, but I had to go for Saturday Morning Watchmen, which is just the opening to a Saturday morning TV show based on Watchmen. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I believe one of the lyrics is, uh, John will give you cancer and he can turn into a car. Watchmen, <laughs> Saturday morning Watchmen. Um, it, it is a hilarious breakdown of Watchmen as a Saturday morning TV show. Uh, I also have Derek Comedy as number two, uh, which is Girls Are Not To Be Trusted. Shane, you don't have this one? You no. haven't seen this one? No. So this is uh, uh, Donald Glover is in film school and he introduces his film, which is called Girls. You have shown Yeah, okay, one. Girls Are Not To Be Trusted. And then it shows his film, which is just him screaming at the camera going, why did you cheat on me, Bethany? Uh, Oh, no. What does he call it? He calls it something that sounds like Bethany, but it's not. And 
he, he keeps on screaming this and it's like oh I didn't realize you were gonna be fucking my best friend and then it just cuts to credits <laughs> like written by you know, Donald Glover's character and then it comes up and the teacher who is also the same teacher who's like 20 years old <laughs> is like okay so what did we think about that film and then this girl in the class is like yeah I felt that was really uh, yeah. like an attack on me and it's like oh I'm sorry is your name Bethany? No. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, okay, we'll just watch your next film. And they bring up another uh, student who brings up their film. And it's like, and it's just called something, you know, completely inconsequential. And it's and it has the title up. And then goes, boom, written by Donald Glover's character. And then it's the exact same thing. And they go through three different movies that are all written by him. And then finally, <laughs> he ends up proposing at the end to her. Oh, no. And she's like, no, of course not. He's like, what the <laughs> and then it, it cuts. It's, it's a very funny. They're all very funny. I don't have any sweet ones. I feel like Alistair's were like really touching. We we we've, got, we've gone. You've got like the sweet ones, the mid-range ones, completely low brow. <laughs> is where we're gonna go. Well, my uh, number one is Picnic Face. Picnic Face was one of the first YouTube comedy groups that I really got obsessed with. They're a Canadian group from Nova Scotia, um, as you can tell from their sketch, all about Nova Scotia. They got really big with uh, Power Thirst. Power thirst. Uh, if if yeah. life gives you lemons, you find a new god. And it's just an energy drink where they yell at the screen a lot. Um, they did do a it's few. The, the power thirst is great. I thought power thirst was a college humor video. No, uh, no. Power thirst. Power thirst three was a group thing with Picnic Face working with College Humor because Picnic Face actually did work with electrolyte, photolites, more lights than your body has room for. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but. My favorite Picnic Face one had to be The Proposal. It is probably more of a skit because it only goes for 30 seconds, but it is brilliant where it's just uh, Andy, who's the main guy, he goes to his uh, this girl, uh, Cheryl, and he's like, will you marry me? She's like, yes, yes, of course I'll marry you. And he's like, whoa, no, no sorry. No, I, I was asking for a foursome. You know, will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's these two guys in the corner of the room. And he's like, what did you think they were here for? <laughs> Come on, let's, let's do it. And then they start getting, and then it cuts. And it's oh. it's such a great thing. Picnic face. I, I suggest everyone watch it. Andy and the other main guy from it have gotten pretty big doing a TV show in Canada at the moment. But Picnic Face was where it was at. Uh, Shane, And now to me and to my low breath. Well, my yeah, number five it. is it's the whitest kids you know and it's the crassest one. You could possibly know, it's the grapers. Yes, that was my number five. Where I've they are, they're, they're, they're pitching a commercial for grape juice and it's a guy dressed in a grape costume. <laughs> I'm going to laugh and I'm going to sound like a really horrifically tasteless. I'm really glad this isn't in my prick. top five anymore. Um uh, he, he's he's chasing them down. He's like, come on, kids! I'm gonna grape ya. And then and then they <laughs> oh, pause no. the video and they're like, and, and one of the guys in the room of office executives, like the first guy's like, oh yeah, we really like it. And the guy's like, it sounds like he's saying, I'm going to rape you. <gasps> How could you? And it's just this like, you know, the guys don't see it and he sees, it and it's really obvious sort of stuff. It's really crass, but it's really funny. It gets progressively more and more rapey because the character ends up being called the grapist. Yeah, they go, yeah, he's the grapist. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to grape you in the mouth. And then isn't one of the kids like, She's uh, screaming. It's like, she's screaming. <laughs> that is not the face of joy. Yeah, but I mean, and. No, uh, it, it's it. Watch it, but it is very crass. So I'll just put. That. You, mean, do, you guys don't appear to me like the kind. Of <laughs> <laughs> we do enjoy super, the Barry super oh, Barry sketch they do. The space shuttle one. 
Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I know that one. Just bag of potatoes. It's great. Just any kind of absurdist touch that says a lot about the character, like anything that's inexplicable, it says so much about Barry that he would bring in <laughs> Making cho- chocolate milk, like Ovaltine or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, sorry, Shane, correct me if I'm wrong. This may be my head being too fucked up, so I'm hoping not. Uh, isn't one of the children handcuffed to No, no, uh, no, he's like, I'm going to tie... No, no, because one of the things is going to tie into the radiator. <laughs> and grape you for decades and decades and and they're like okay there's no way that that is not the worst thing but um my number four is i had one that i just thought of and i was like oh that's genius and then i've completely forgotten it but um number four is uh britannic it's on the house this is when they're doing the the cooking show and it's just so he can literally get within within the realm of this restraining order um and that's one of those ones that escalates to just the end of it is just them running around a house screaming at each other and I, I love and it and vomiting and pissing yeah, 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 yeah. because it, like you know the inter started and then it seemed like getting drunk and, and <laughs> over the, the toilet and stuff like that I think it's really funny um, uh, my number three is so it's a mad TV sketch called three minute meals banana split and it's it's a lady hosting a, a cooking show and it's, it's Valentine's Day. She's teaching how to make banana split. But then all of the things that are meant to be set up for a cooking show are, are wrong. Oh, I and know so this one. I've shown it to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It could just like it just starts so wholesome. I just love it. It contrasts something so wholesome with like it just stupid crass stuff at the towards the end of it. Like the um, they give her like whole nuts. The bananas are moldy. The ice cream's <laughs> like rock solid. So she chucks it in the microwave <laughs> and then she pulls it out and burns herself. And then she tries to do the water, but then all the taps in the room are fake. Tats and that sort of stuff, and it's just watching her like disintegrate, and then the ticking clock. She's like, "Stop the ticking!" <laughs> it's really, I, I, I quite like that. Sketch. Who is it? Which um, comedian? Oh. It's not Mo Collins, is no, it? No, 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 no. It's um, she, she's really funny. She did another bit where she plays like the warm up comedian for between sketches. It was a really clever sketch they did in Mad TV where she's like. She's trying to do these comedy and it's like it, it keeps ending up being about how her life is like miserable when she starts crying and trying not to cry in the middle of a stand-up act. And it's a really clever thing because they did that instead of having a warm-up comedian there <laughs> in, the, in the studio with the audience. Yeah. So uh, that's really funny. My number two is another Mad TV sketch. And this one I saw quite earlier on and I just thought it was really funny. It's, um, and Stephanie Weir is sort of the lead in it. She's she's brilliant. Um, it's it, they're, they're doing a funniest home videos. They're trying to basically like stage a funniest home videos thing. But the gag of it is is that they they haven't got the when it's recording when it's not recording correct. So the guy who's like I'm operating the camera. He's like it's not recording. And then okay okay like, hit record. And then and then it goes black and then it goes <laughs> up and you see the consequences of them trying to <laughs> fake uh, a funny and it just progresses like someone's like injured you know all this kind of progressively stuff but you never see what they actually set up to happen you just see the aftermath of yeah. it every time and I just remember laughing myself stupid as a kid when I saw that one and then my number one it's one from the sketch show and it's the first sketch that ever had me like laughing so hard I was crying and it's the poster campaign and it's two priests trying to do the new poster campaign to get. Um, uh, people to come into the church and it's like you know the first poster comes up and it's like something you know uh, come into the church or whatever and the guy's like yeah I think but we need something a little bit more punchier and it's literally just it's Lee Mack and it's um, another woman and they're just their posters get another progr- woman I, I'm sorry I can't <laughs> remember her name Ronnie because I get, her, I get her and um, Kitty Flanagan mixed oh. up but she's the redhead with the 
for Christ's sake, believe. I think that's a Scottish accent in my <laughs> head. I think it's Scottish. Anyway, so like, like, that, like that's the post, and they go, okay, that's it. You know, okay, that that's the one. That's when he goes like, no, Jesus gave his blood, so bloody well give to Jesus, and they just keep getting like progressively more extreme. And it's not maybe it's not like laugh out loud funnier, but as a kid, I lost it. It was just I just kept going and going, getting funnier and funnier and funnier. So that was my number one. I cool. quite loved the sketch show. The sketch show had some great. Do you do you remember the one with the backup singers where they're singing? Oh. All the, All, the All the leaves are brown. All the leaves are brown. And the sky is grey. All the leaves are brown. <laughs> that was, I love that one. Uh, that show was great. Did you hear the guy, the ball guy, the one who was in Harry Potter? He he was in a massive car accident, broke his neck and everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Sorry. that's a good place that's to end good the episode. <laughs> Sorry, really sad. Thank He's in you, recovery. Jane. He's lived, but that, thoughts and that prayers are with his family. <laughs> thoughts and prayers. Um <laughs> Right. Uh, so yeah, no, I think that's a great place to end the episode. So uh, drive safe, guys. <laughs> Especially in your sketch comedy group. Um, well, hey, uh, if you want to find us on Shango social media, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Picture Rangers, on Facebook at the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. Email us at motionpicturerangers at gmail uh, You can find me on Twitter at Shane. No, oh, I'm on there, but I'm taking a break. I'm taking a month sabbatical. But Shane M underscore Anderson or Letterboxd at two twenty four frames. You can still follow you, right? It's yeah, just yeah, you yeah, won't yeah, be yeah. Saying anything I won't be saying anything for like a month. Cool, cool. Well, you can find me on Instagram at the Chancellor because Twitter sucks. And uh, hey, why don't you? Uh, 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 crap, I didn't think of a way. Red Vimeo, Cur- Red Curtain Hell. Oh. That's Red Curtain Hell. You can find it on, that's Shane's feature film. Uh, you can find it on Vimeo On Demand. That's vimeo.com slash on demand slash Red Curtain Hell. Use the code picture to get 20% off your rental or purchase. And if you're feeling nice, leave a nice review <laughs> because I got told how terrible it is and got given a 2 out of 10 by some random commenter uh, What, what, what website was that on? It was on Vimeo. Oh, it was you on just let the comment and strangely this person started a Vimeo account just to buy my film, just to give it a bad review. So That is the great... That sounds like you have an arch nemesis out I there, know, Shane. but who, I haven't pissed anyone off that much. Uh, have you? Not oh, anyone who's... Oh, oh right. It was okay. Zane, it was Zane all along. the whole time. Now, what socials can we find you guys on? Um, you can find us on uh, Facebook and YouTube as uh, at Cheeky Moon. Cheeky Moon. Yep. Insta uh, as Insta well. and... Oh, sorry. No, let me get this right. Uh, YouTube and Twitter are Cheeky Moon Films. Facebook and Twitter are Cheeky Moon. Okay. Or go to http colon forward slash forward slash www.google.com. Type in Cheeky Moon. We're like the third or fourth one down. Um, and underneath the viral video that is taking away our brand about a, a drunk guy yelling at a moon. <laughs> and the Welsh <laughs> webcam site. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Thank you guys so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. This was yeah. such Thank a joy. You. Thank you. Oh, it's great to have such passion about sketch comedy. Nice different kind of topic too. Mm, We're yeah. not just blabbing on about genre. <laughs> you know. Cool. Um, thank you guys so much for yeah, coming thank on. You. Thank you everyone for listening. And, and you can hear us again next week. 